Welcome to episode 38 of the MTG Grindcast, the spikiest podcast in all of Central North Carolina with a special focus on the SCG Tour. We are your hosts. I'm Chris Castor-Apple, and with me, as always, is Collins Mullen. And we've actually got a special guest with us today. We've got Seattle, I guess, technically not undefeated, but uh, undefeated (laughs) in actual matches, uh, Daniel Duterte. So, hey, Daniel, how's it going, man? Hey, it's going good. Thanks for having me. Also, hey, Collins. Collins is also here. I didn't mean to knock you. What's up, guys? It's good. (laughs) So we're going to get right into talking about Legacy, talking about GP Seattle, everything. I just want to take one quick second and thank our new patrons, who are Tucker Graves, Sean Ferguson, and Daniel Wren. So thank you guys so much for supporting us. We really appreciate the help, and uh, you guys are badasses. So yeah, but... Let's get into it a little bit. So, uh, Daniel, congratulations, man. How does it feel to be a GP champion? Uh, when you when you say that, it sounds like none of this should have happened. Like, I didn't draw it up like this. <laughs> it was not part of the plan. <laughs> it, it, it's been surreal. It's it's been great. I'm I'm still I'm still kind of riding a high. I'm trying to figure oh, out how sure. to get back to normal life of. You know, what What do normal people do after they win Grand Prix? Yeah. Back to grind. But, you know, your, your life is just extra special now that you've got a, you know, just another trophy with it. Just another trophy? This is like, I can't think of the last time I got a trophy. Well, no, I don't think I've ever gotten a trophy in anything before. Man. Yeah. <laughs> Trophies are sweet. You can be a good magic player, like a quite good magic player, and just never win a tournament. Not a not a real oh, tournament. Yeah. Like it's, it's yeah, nuts. yeah. That's the thing I try to tell people. Like like my wife, she's like super impressed. She's like, wow, you're really good. And I'm normally very you know very self deprecating. I'm like you know a lot of people you know a lot of people way better than me just never even get to the pro tour. So I'm, I'm always trying to check her you know expectations about how, how good yeah, I am yeah, at yeah. it. <laughs> but now you got this big trophy on the mantle, <laughs> right? Yeah, kind of hard to check the expectations after that. Oh, well, <laughs> maybe we just put it in the closet or something so we, you know, our heads don't get too big. <laughs> so um, why don't you, if you if you don't mind, you want to start by talking about just kind of your magic background, like how you got into magic, how you became more competitive and, and you know, just sort of the, the history so our listeners can kind of know who you are. Sure. So I grew up in Raleigh and I started playing Magic. Well, for the first thing I played was I played Pokemon TCG from like 2000. Well, let's see, I guess 1999 to about 2001 once my friends stopped playing Pokemon because it wasn't cool anymore. And so then I, so then I started playing Magic. <laughs> um, nice. The coolest well, Per, the yeah, yeah. possible hobby. No, yeah. no, no, I'm serious. Like, well, I mean, it, it's yeah. a little embarrassing, but like, I would look at magic coverage and I, you know, this is when John Finkel won the world championship. I'm looking at him. He's playing Bob Marr. I'm like, oh my God, these are adults. You know, he's in like a tie and stuff. Like, this is what grownups do. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, I start, I started playing magic at games galore in Raleigh. God, that was a long time ago. I played at oh. Games Galore as well. This is how we know each other: is we 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 played at these local game shops together. Yeah, that's uh, that's a breath of history for sure. Yeah, yeah. Games Galore, rest in peace. And then to all fun and games, um, rest in peace. And 
And yeah, I would then I played mostly just played F and M, not even constructed. I didn't have uh, you know my allowance wouldn't really let me play uh, or invest in in constructed. So I played a lot of limited, you know, a lot of losing. But you know, we wanted to be the best, like no one ever was. Um, <laughs> we went. We no, wait. <laughs> It, it, it's embarrassing how much like that has actually shaped my life, like how much that's motivated me. <laughs> but then we we went to college, or I went to college in Pittsburgh. Started playing F and M. Got in with a crowd of folks who went to Pitt. And then in 2007, I played my first PTQ. We did we did okay. I think we were about 500. Eventually, I moved to Seattle for my first job. Uh, I interned there in 2007, moved out there permanently in 2008, then really started getting in, in with a crowd that like really was good, tried to be good and get on the pro tour. So that's when I really started hitting any PGQ I could drive to any. Um, and then actually also flying to Grand Prix as, you know, a, as I could afford them. So I did that for three years. I moved to New York to move in with my girlfriend, now wife. 2011 kind of took a step back and the weird thing is when i took a little bit of a step back is when i actually like top eight in a ptq so <laughs> and then i uh, had a couple had a couple other good results there so i guess the moral of the story there is work uh you know don't work harder work, work smarter i guess and then <laughs> then then we got married in 2014 and we moved back to seattle then finally in 2016 i qualified or i played in my first pro tour um, and how did you queue for that one? Was that just uh, uh, RPTQ or? It, it, it was kind of funny. Like when we got married, you know, I was kind of like, well, you know, we, 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 got, we, we have to keep magic fun. We can't really like just be testing for, you know, days <laughs> and weeks on end, end now. Right, so right, totally. that, summer, that summer there were modern PPTQs um, at the two stores I, I like a lot. Uh, Mock Sporting House Bellevue and card kingdom in seattle like literally in my neighborhood and i had i had the cards for affinity i'm like okay i guess this will be fun i'll put together affinity and we'll we'll figure it out from there um i went five and two in the first one i'm like okay well maybe i'll play a little bit better in um in the second pptq and then i just won the second pptq i was like oh whoa that was you know i wasn't <laughs> expecting that at all and then the the, the regional was in Vancouver, British Columbia. Uh, the other option was Portland, but we, we chose to go to um, Canada instead. I actually practiced a little bit for that, and I was and I thought, oh man, this is this is my one chance to get on the pro tour. And we went, um, or I went 4-0 in the Swiss, played out the round five because my opponent my opponent asked for a scoop, but I wanted to play for top seed. He beat me, but then I beat him on the play in the top eight anyway. So I qualified. The other guy the guy, other guy in my car qualified also. Martin Goldman Kirst. He's he's a monster. <laughs> and then another another Seattleite, JC Tao qualified. And the pro tour that this fed, Oath of the Gate Watch, was the one that he won, actually. Whoa. So uh that's, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's super cool. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah the kid um the, the kid that <laughs> yeah, the the kid he beat in the top eight of that. I had also played in the Swiss, and so at the very next regional, like we said, like, "Hey, what's up?" And he was like, "Dude, that was that was so sick that JC won, won the PT." So I've just been telling my friends, um, 
I, I would basically be second at the Pro Tour if I had gone because he beat me. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, or at least if the PT champ didn't show up at my RPTQ, I totally would have gotten gotten a slot at the Pro Tour. So <laughs> that's... He, he took he was all yeah he was like he took my trophy yeah. that should have been mine. <laughs> that's legit. Yeah, you're, you're you're welcome, JC. <laughs> so was that you know kind of your group uh or at least part of your group of people that that you were getting pretty good at magic with? Is that like your testing crew or what's the situation with that? It was a lot of people when I when I moved to Seattle. It was a lot of people that frequented a store called First Pick Games in Seattle. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, again, rest in peace, man. All these stores I went it's to all tough seemed to, to keep close. A game store Gosh, going, man, it's very difficult. Yeah, yeah. I guess that's it. I shouldn't take it so personally. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't think it's you. I I doubt it's you, but I mean, it could be. I don't know, man. I'm trying to see a trend here. <laughs> It, it's it's either me leaving the store or me like patronizing the store and just you know bringing in the wrong crowd. I don't know. <laughs> Gosh, what what it it has to be something. Well, in general, spikes um, are pretty bad customers for stores. So you know we we right, only right. have ourselves and, to blame some of the time. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Um, but <laughs> but yeah, the yeah first big games in Seattle. It was. It was like a really serious, like limited crowd, and there were a lot, a lot of good people who had been on the played in pro tours and, you know, had qualified for pro tours. Um, some people got really good and limited at at that store, and it was also also some of the serious, like constructed testers. You know, you know that that that's how they knew each other, and you know, we would be the people testing constructed you know people would make fun of us for testing constructed at the store who's like no come on we need an eighth come on (laughs) put put put, put your elves deck down man but yeah it it would be the crowd driving to these you know arranging hotels for to fly to grand prix yeah a a lot a lot of good good folks from there same bag charles dupont yeah yeah. Full, that store was full of ringers. Well, I mean, that's that's what you need is you need to surround yourself by people who are going to challenge you and, and teach you things. So I guess, yeah, it sounds sounds like a hell of an environment. Yeah. And and truthfully, it was only like that. That was like the first step, like, you know, seeing like there is a lot for me to learn, you know, actually like learning how to get good. I For me, it was a lot of putting in the work myself, myself, like I'm. Some people swear by it and some people actually do get better by just, you know, getting made fun of, you know, being told, <laughs> oh, you're bad. It was supposed to be this, 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 this. And, you know, that, that, that's a certain part of magic culture. It, it was fun. It's fun, you know, but, you know, I, I don't know if that's where I got my, my biggest gains. I, I had started playing a lot of magic. Like once I got a job, I started playing a lot of magic online. And from there, it was a lot of, a lot of losing and then once i got sick of losing a lot of tickets you know <laughs> i figured out okay let's let's figure out what we're doing wrong and I, you know there was a lot of going through my replays recording them pointing out like all the stupid shit that like i was doing like one, one of the first big steps one of the first things i i had to correct was like dude like whatever it takes stop missing like prodigal sorcerer or like at, at the time like Vithian stinger triggers you you gave up like for damage this game just because you were lazy or you know mm. careless and you know not being conscious of stuff you're doing eot so so, so yeah legitimately uh, like like watching your replays made a big difference to to your your technical skills you think 
yeah, and be and just being really critical of it. You know, a lot of people, a lot of people might notice like, oh darn, I, I missed a trigger. Some people just never notice when they miss triggers, and you know, they're so they're never going to know that they give up games unless you know someone, someone, someone tells them. Yeah, um, I find that that's like one of the biggest things that. Like people talk about the plateau all the time, right? Where you, you know, you're trying to get better and then you hit like a certain plateau and you just can't feel like you can't like improve at all from there. Um, I think that the reason that that exists is because you get to a certain point where you start to not be able to notice your mistakes, right? So doing things like watching replays or having somebody else go over your plays with you, I think are like excellent ways to kind of like break through that a little bit and um, improve that way. Yeah, totally agree. I had Chris, Chris probably knows this, but on my Facebook, I post like a lot of like a lot of limited decks, a lot of like screenshots from Moto where I'm just like, what do I do? I don't know. I know what I did. I, I know a result came out, but like, guys, what was the right play? Just, yeah, I, my Facebook's just full of dumb magic questions. But I love those posts. Like when they pop up, they're like kind of one of the better things on my Facebook because like a bunch of good players chime in and there's like almost every time you post something, like there's a bunch of discussion. It's actually really nice. It's really fun to watch. I, I usually don't comment, but I really like reading that stuff. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I usually let those like, I usually just read, you know, at least for like a day or two because, well, I mean, most of the time people respond, it's like, yeah, that's what I should have done, <laughs> but I didn't. <laughs> and then maybe, right. maybe a couple yeah. days later, yeah. I'll, uh, unless I'm like really opinionated, like, guys, I don't understand why that was right. But yeah, most of the time, you know, my, my friends are much better than me and they'll be like, oh, this is the play. I'm like, yeah, okay, I get it. <laughs> All right, that's why I lost. No, that's cool. And especially because like, what Magic Online gives you is the ability to, you know, look at replays and to take screenshots and to record and go back. And then it's very, very easy to get commentary from like large numbers of people. If you have smart people at your disposal, then that's that can be a great resource. And so that, that's I, I just think it's really interesting to to see when other people do post and then what what people comment on it. It's it's not something that I do that often and maybe I should do it more. Uh because it, it seems pretty useful that, and it, it at least like brings up a bunch of interesting discussion all the time. Yeah, it, it's cool. But I think I think I've lost a few Facebook friends because of it because I've just like, you know, I would spam spam all these. And I'm sure people are like, I don't want to see your stupid magic shit. I don't even know you that well. Unfriend. And then <laughs> see, that, 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 that feels kind of bad when like you see someone on another thread. I thought we were friends. <laughs> I feel like that's no great loss, though. If somebody like like gets annoyed enough by your magic stuff that they don't want to be Facebook friends anymore, were they ever really your friend in the first place? I mean, I, I maybe not. I mean, I, I mean, I, I have a lot of loose connect loose connections through through things, and you know, I like seeing how. You know, I'm not the most outgoing person, so like it may be uncomfortable for me to like just reach out to me, like, "Hey, how's your life going?" Like, fa- like Facebook's level of like interaction is very comfortable for yeah. me. So, you know, I like seeing people's like accomplishments and job promotions and kids. Yeah, just that passive like gaining of information about people that you you don't want to forget about completely. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. You should tell them that there's this handy dandy unfollow button that they can use instead. <laughs> yeah, just 
tag the end of every magic post with, hey, if you don't want to see my magic posts, why not unfollow <laughs> instead of unfriend? <laughs> That, that's like like the negative like youtube sign off like if you thought this video sucked then click the unfollow button definitely don't like comment or subscribe <laughs> um no 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 what i what i actually did was like start a uh, a magic like friend list and then you know uh, um tag like tag all my ma magic posts as magic and i i think my friend my non-magic friends are happier yeah my magic friends hopefully don't see the difference <laughs> <laughs> If the feature's working as intended. Yeah, that makes sense. Nice, nice. Um, and I know you used to to blog a reasonable amount about tournaments and about your thoughts on stuff. And I know that some of those got pretty introspective, but I don't know if you have still been doing that recently. No, I've. it's something I've wanted to do, like, um, you know, keep writing, keep putting my thoughts down. But it, it took a lot of my time. I'm not the fastest writer. Maybe I'm just, like, maybe editing for me is too cumbersome or too... I spent too much time on it, but sure. every time I've tried to keep up with a blog or anything, I've been like, man, I, I could just be playing. I, I need to get ready for this tournament. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so, so that's been on the wayside. And especially since dating my girlfriend and, uh, and marrying her, I've, I've really had to budget my time for magic. I, I told her when we got married and we moved out, she's like, we need to, we need to figure out this magic thing. And she's like, okay, <laughs> um, how about like two tournaments a month? And she's like, that's still nuts. And I'm, like, <laughs> and I'm telling her, it's not really that nuts. You don't get it. <laughs> that's, um, and even then, I, I, I've, I've broken it a few times. Like, I've, you know, if I want to go out, go out with friends, I've, I've told them, yeah, I, I can't. You know, there, there are some tournaments and I'm like low on husband points. So, um, sorry, another time. Yeah, I mean, that can definitely be tough, and especially like you have a real ass job, too. So, you know, I, I'm curious if there have been any like particularly particular difficulties of balancing all that stuff out. Um, I'm I'm fortunate that my my job is um, like hours are pretty flexible and it's like relatively chill. Like I'm not putting in, you know, a ton of extra time. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm sure I spend <laughs> more more than most people at my job on Facebook or like reading like magic stuff, but um, it's never really, <laughs> it's never really um, hasn't impacted me a ton. Actually, when I moved to New, when I moved to New York, the company, uh, I, I work at a big tech company and I put out a message on the magic forum asking like, Hey, I just moved here. I'm looking for uh, does anyone draft lots. Does anyone go to PTQs and someone Mark Schmidt reached out to me and was like, Hey, you seem like a pretty serious player. Yeah. We have a, you know, I keep a draft group. We meet at the office, but it's not all, um, it's not all people who work here. He invited me out and, you know, um, among the luminaries in the, in this group were, uh, Brian David Marshall yeah. and, <laughs> and we, we had, we had already met each other at a grand prix. So it was like, Hey, what, what's going on? So that, that was a, that was a really, I got into that group. That was a really good, really good draft group and a really, really good group of friends that helped, that helped me, you know, actually start making friends in New York city, you know, magic, the great, I, I, I guess, social bridge for geeks. <laughs> um, oh yeah, definitely. I, I mean, I, there was, I preach this many times, but like, like, you know, I'm, I'm over here in Europe right now and I would have many fewer friends if I wasn't going to tournaments and, and playing magic all the time. It's it's huge. It makes a big difference in my life. Yeah, actually, another another friend's Tyler Mollenkopf also lives in Seattle and we met up and he said the same thing. Like, yeah, I just started going to tournaments and now 
now I know people and it's been like that. It's been that way every city I've moved to. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, good, good friend of mine. I haven't seen Tyler in a very long time. I actually, I, to be quite honest, I miss that dude quite a bit. I'll I'll need to hit him up. (laughs) All right. Well, yeah. Um, another Brian, back to the New York thing, another. So, so this group, I guess they, they kind of like, if they went before they add someone to the group, they like, you know, they nominate them, make sure everyone's cool with them. And Brian or BDM kind of, when he was vouching for me, he said, um, he, he, he said something to the group and then the, ne- the next time we met, the guy Mark was like, hey, Brian told me you invented the next level credit card game. And I was like, wait, <laughs> what? I, and then I, rem- I remembered I, at Grand Prix Oakland, it, it, it wasn't me who invented it. I got it from a, a Seattleite, Kyle Bodie, absolute D-Gen. Um, <laughs> so he taught me the most D-Gen of, of D-Gen games. So there's the normal credit card game where everyone just puts their um, credit card in the middle and then you randomly pick one and they pay for the bill. But the next level is where if you have people who don't want to pay they or don't want to play, they just put their cash in the middle. But everyone who does want to play, you reveal cards one at, one at a time until you have two left. And then you pick one card, gets all the cash that was cashed out, and the other person gets the entire <laughs> bill. Yeah, clearly much um, better than, so, than the level zero credit card game. A lot more drama. Oh, it, it it's nuts. I was out to dinner with a group, and Brian David Marshall was among us. This is the first time I met him, and it was down to me and him. He got the money. I paid. So I was like, oh, man. And then the next day at the PTQ, Brian, Brian's really friendly with me. He's like, hey, how's your PTQ? Yeah, keep it up. I thought he was just being nice because he took my money, but I, he's nor- he's like that with everyone he talks to. Um, I don't think... I don't think that guy forgets a face, <laughs> but now flat now flash forward to, I guess, three years in New York, I guess the, 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 this game had spread among pros. It seemed like every uh, Channel Fireball article I read was about who lost the next <laughs> level or whatever. But now flash forward, people are asking me, dude, Brian said you invented this. I'm like, uh, no, I didn't invent it, but I think Brian took my money the first time you played it. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent, excellent. So he's got fond memories of that for sure. Then I, I, I'm sure. I'm sure if you ask him, he'll remember. <laughs> so I guess that we should probably get to the tournament you just won. I mean, look, magic lore and and, and personal tournament? history is, is definitely super interesting stuff. But you did just take down a tournament and actually kind of crush the whole thing. So. <laughs> uh, for anybody who hasn't like super been paying attention, so GP Seattle had. Two GPs, Legacy, starting on uh, Friday, and then Standard Tournament over the weekend. Daniel did not lose a match all weekend. Your only, like, quote-unquote loss was uh, scooping Ruben into the top eight, right? Yep. Uh, I, had, I had met him before. Uh, well, I, I was going to scoop that round, like, no matter what, before I got to, um, or when I got to 14-0. I um, was really, really wanted to round off, really wanted to go get a, a crepe from this crepe stand I love outside the convention reason. center. I'm into that, um, for sure. <laughs> ha- happen happen to be against a happen to be against a good man whom I met a couple years ago when he was here for Worlds, and whom I we have uh, a lot of mutual friends from Pittsburgh from my okay, time there. Cool. Well, then it couldn't couldn't really have worked out that much better then. Right. So I mean, I guess just talk about. 
I guess we can start like, you know, before the tournament, what was your sort of legacy testing process? How much legacy had you played before this? And then how'd you end up on, I guess, how did you end up on Grixis Delver is a stupid question, but uh, how did you end up on Grixis Delver? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so so before this, I'd only played legacy like when I had to. So I had qualified for three SCG invitationals. The first one, I borrowed the whole deck. I borrowed like a stone blade deck. You know, don't don't give me a control deck. I'm not going to know what I'm doing. <laughs> that that didn't go well. Second time, I I played Rug Delver. I actually bought like cards for it. Where I was like, okay, well maybe I should just have a legacy deck. So like with my SCG winnings, I bought bought lands mm-hmm. or bought bought dual lands. And then actually, I was from that. I was actually qualified for the Invitational in Seattle, like the fall that I moved there. So I started playing. I started playing my Rug Delver deck. Didn't know if it was any good. This is just the one deck I have. Um, at Card Kingdom's weekly Legacy tournament, and unbeknownst to me, Legacy in Seattle is absolutely nuts. Like, like ninety percent of FNMs get less players than Card Kingdom does on a Monday night Jeez. for Legacy. Su- su- super hardcore core grinders, but just all all they play is Legacy. <laughs> You know, they they, 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 could, they could give two shits about the Pro Tour. Right, um, right. <laughs> so so I, I was playing that, you know, week after week up till that tournament. And then from then on, like, there was like a Grand, there was a Grand Prix here in 2015. That was Legacy. And that's when I started practicing again. And I started practicing again, uh, I guess, this fall when uh, one, of, one of my uh, longest Magic friends, Robin Alberg, she roped me into playing team trios in uh, Santa Clara in January and she locked me in pretty early so I was like okay well I, I don't think Rug Delver is a good deck anymore what's the best deck? I, think, I guess I've heard Grixis Delver is the best deck I need Underground Seas she, she was like I got I got you on Underground Seas it's <laughs> so like okay so I, so I, I bought I bought the deck online I had, I had started like only recently like in the last year started playing Constructed and things had been going well on that so I was I was flush with tickets and Bought into a legacy deck online, way cheaper than paper. Let me tell oh you, um, it's ten percent of what it costs in paper. Like, good lord! <laughs> like you, you click the button on MTG Goldfish, and you're like, oh, this doesn't look that bad. Oh, I'm on the online prices, paper. Oh, oh my god! <laughs> yeah. What What's really hilarious is when you do that for a vintage deck. That's 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 the real like, oh man, maybe I should play play some Magic online <laughs> moment. Yeah, I think yeah. I, I've thought about vintage online also. I, it, it looks super fun and super degen. Uh, <laughs> uh, but anyway, yeah. so yeah, I, I locked into Grixis Delver just because I'm like, I'm sure this is still going to be, you know, this is solid enough that this deck is still going to be good, you know, mm-hmm. for months, Bar- barring any bans. So so I jammed that when I, when I didn't feel like testing for standard. Grand Prix Santa Clara happened. I went... I went five and three for my part in the main event. Our team went four and four. So I was like, I did okay, but I still wouldn't have made the cut if this were an individual mm-hmm. event. So we, we could have done better. I actually went like, gosh, I played in three side events in Legacy, and I went like, I think I went three and six or two two and seven. So I was like, man, well, that was a little rough. Um but I kept playing, um, and especially because you expect to do at least a little bit better in paper than online in a format like Legacy. You you think that you 
you usually, at least I feel like you play against stronger players online, especially in a format like Legacy. It, it, it's kind of interesting because it's like, yeah, um, I think players are better online, but there were, the, the metagame's different. Like mm. online, there are just a ton of people who are on the cheap Black Red Reanimator. And so, some of the matches I played in paper, I just didn't know what was going on. I played against like a Tezzeret deck. I played against what, what, what's the what's the three mana f- three three flyer that like you play from Exile? Oh, Mist Hollow Griffin and Food Chain. Yeah, 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 yeah. I played against that. I didn't know what was going on. <laughs> you know, so I, I feel like more in paper you can get surprised gotcha. and um, just not know like just not know what's going on. You you force the wrong thing and. You just lose. Right. So yeah. So yeah. Um, anyway, th- that Grand Prix went okay. You know, we lost a bunch. You know, I, uh, <laughs> I, I joke with my wife. You know, if a tournament go well, she'll she'll ask um, how how the tournament go, and I'll just be like, eh, we learned a lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I kept, I kept grinding. I, I kept playing online. I kept going to weekly legacy when I could. Truthfully, truthfully, for this tournament, I, I worked a lot on standard. And I went. I went into the legacy tournament thinking, okay, well, we're going to do our best. But I mean, standard. I'm. I'm. I'm definitely more confident in standard than legacy. Then, lo and behold, you know. Yeah, it didn't even get things a, a chance to play a single standard match. No. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, I mean, you hadn't done anything specific going into this event that you, you know. I mean, like Grixis Delver is kind of. That main deck is pretty set at this point, right? Or, or what did you think going into the tournament? Every like, I, I looked online to see what people were doing, and every main deck was just exactly the same. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it seems like that one's pretty cast out at this point. Yeah, some of the changes that I had seen since the fall when I put it together, and and now were people were were on a braid, and I, I had to, I had to ask my friend. Um, Someone plays a lot of Legacy, Jordan Isaac. I had to ask him, like, "Hey, what's the deal with the braid?" And he's just like, "It's good. It just does, you know, it's it's a lightning bolt and a, you know, and a shatter." I'm like, "Okay, um, <laughs> yeah. I guess this seems yeah, fine." I can, seems I like can read the card, but that's not what my question was. <laughs> I mean, and you know, you know, sometimes it's just dumb questions and dumb answers like that that just make people get it, and it made me get it. Okay. <laughs> I just, I just finally clicked the like, yes, I, I totally get that. Sometimes, you know, against Stone Blade or. Um, or death and taxes, you know, I want artifact removal, but I also want to like kill a guy. So, so yeah, I had to ask about that. Uh, Liliana of the last hope I was looking at and I was like, uh, oh, really? This is like, this was a standard card, but that had replaced, what was it in my deck? The pinger, not just grim lava mancer. It replaced static. Caster. Um, is it static caster? Mm-hmm. I, I thought Staticaster was good, but then the first time I played Liliana, I was like, whoa, this card is bananas. <laughs> For sure. And then and then there was also um, Marsh Casualties, which was which had replaced um it it had also replaced kinda what Staticaster did, but it was also an answer to True Nemesis, which was good. The only answer before I had was, you know, countering it on the way down with um Pyroblast. And then I, one of the biggest changes after that was because we're playing these two double black cards in our side deck or in our sideboard, people were changing the mana from two underground seas and three volcanics to the other way around three underground mm. seas and two volcanics. And let me tell you that, that 
that that changed my games like big time before I would have to be really careful about like on my first fetch, if I'm playing a death, right? Shaman, but I'm like tight on, you know, if I'm tight on lands, I have to think about like, mm, I don't know if I want to get one of my two underground seas wasted. That would be like, my deck doesn't work if I have all my underground seas down. So like before I was like, if, if I didn't need it, I would, just, I would fetch like, tropical island to cast my death right shaman now like i basically just don't have to think of yeah yeah it, it put it puts it put me in some spots but like now they change the man i'm just like all right you know take my underground seat i i got two more in my deck it's fun <laughs> <laughs> so do you, do you have any particular like expectations about what the meta would look like going in um no so not really like i i generally try not to um stress myself out about metagame calls because like one i have no particular like reason to think i'm good at guessing what the metagame is um <laughs> so i mostly just go with what what, what what's happening on magic online what like kind of what's been happening in in paper like locally uh i i guess what i had thought like besides like some of the normal fair decks like miracles i guess it's not a fair deck but sneak and show i was expecting delver and storm uh a lot of people had been playing and there were some articles about like turbo depths oh and then all and then also at santa clara i played a lot of um i played against a lot of the lands decks so i was like okay that's probably going to be a deck so i i guess the ones that stuck out were like turbo depths and lands besides that you know round two and round three i was i was expecting anything you know <laughs> like food food chain all right we, hopefully we've learned from our mistakes if this happens again <laughs> in the tournament i got pretty i i felt pretty fortunate that there weren't any that there weren't any surprises like i played day one i played against sneak and show twice which is a, a i think pretty favorable i played against like eldrazi stompy which is you know i had played against that deck before two two turbo depths a Sultai Delver that was that was fine. I played against an Elves, which was unfavorable, but I like kind of knew you know I could navigate it. And then shoot, I don't remember what the what the other deck was. Maybe that's seven. I don't remember. I, but, I lost count. Sorry. <laughs> and then and then day two, I played against a bunch of Delver and a bunch of um, Check Pile. Mm -hmm. So I, I I got lucky that no no surprises. How do you feel about the Check Pile versus Delver matchup? Uh, I think I'm a little, honestly, I think Delver's a little unfavored, but it's, there, there's a lot of play to it. So it's, you know, it's not, it's not completely lost. I mean, it feels lost. Like once you're getting beat down, cause you know, they, they have complete control of the game. It's like, ah, oh, man, this feels terrible. But I think it, if I hadn't been diligent, uh, tracking my, tracking my results for Magic Online, but I bet it. It's pretty. It's actually pretty close to fifty-fifty. Sure, sure. Um, yeah, because that's like one of the big things is that like you know all the check pile decks and the the value decks or whatever are kind of there to um, like prey on the the traditional Delver lists. It feels like like that's kind of like part of the idea. But in my experience, the Delver lists just like have really good game against them, anyways. So I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I think it's close. I mean, if you're a control deck, I should hope. Delver is the number one deck you're going for if you can pick anything to target. Right, so, right. so yeah, it makes sense. Um, is there anything that you're that you were kind of scared of going in? Are there particular matchups that you didn't want to play against as Grixis Delver? Uh, I'd I'd rather not play against Storm. It, Whoa! I, 
<laughs> is that normally a good matchup? <laughs> I, I, in my experience, Storm does never wants to play against Silver, but <laughs> I, I, I just never, I never know what I'm when I play against it. I never know what I'm doing. Okay. <laughs> I think it's very possible to be favored against Storm and still really not want to play against Storm. That's basically how I feel in most formats where Storm is attacking. Maybe I am favored. I just I, and I just wasn't diligent in my in my testing and didn't know this. Well, I mean, if you don't have like um, if you don't have like a, a Storm player at your local shop or whatever, and you you don't play against it a ton on Magic Online, then you're not going to know all the all the all the tips and tricks and stuff. And they're going to be able to get you. I, I think that, like, I played online, but I think what would help would, would be actually sitting down with someone and have them telling me, hey, this is the card I'm afraid of. You know, this is what I'm playing around. Uh, it, it feels like when I played online, I, like, I like leave the wrong counter up or I think I'm safe and I'm just dead to, like, what, to a duress. And then yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I feel really dumb. Like, lo- losing in Legacy makes me feel really dumb because it's like, I could... I, I could have played around that. Why? <laughs> the, the, I feel. And you've even got I the attack like probe that you've got access to. So imagine if you never knew what their hand was. Oh yeah, good old training wheels. <laughs> it's like, like yeah, I, I've definitely probed, probed t- sometimes in Legacy, and then I'm like, okay, am I just dead? I'm not sure what to do from here now. <laughs> I I do. I especially get that against like Storm and stuff. Like I've been trying to start playing some Legacy. I've been mostly playing Turbo Depths online, and I keep thought I keep thought seizing my Storm opponent, taking what I think is the most important card, and then they just either they immediately draw exactly that card, and then maybe if I had, if I had taken something different, it would have been harder for them to draw immediately what they needed, or I just like chose wrong. And it was clearly not the right choice. So, like every every match against Storm, I feel like I get a little less terrible, but I still feel off balance pretty much every time I play against a deck like that. Nothing feels yeah. worse than like losing your opponent, taking a card, and then they just like kill you with the rest of the cards, and you're like, wait a minute, something went, something went wrong here. <laughs> I, I had to have done something wrong. Yeah, the mistakes like, have been made. Like, I, I, I right. had duress. Like this wasn't supposed to happen. <laughs> right? Why? Why do people play this card if it can't solve this situation? Clearly, this is my fault. Yeah, I totally. <laughs> that's how I feel. God, gosh, I, I did get, I, I did get feel a little embarrassed against against Sam Black when we I played him in the top four. He was on lands, and he he's looking through my sideboard. And he's like, huh? No price of progress. All right, I feel pretty good. I'm like, oh yeah, and I'm thinking of. Didn't say this. I'm th- thinking to myself, yeah, I've never liked that card in this deck. I never know exactly when it's supposed to come in because it's also going to do six mm-hmm. to me. So, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know if it's the mirror. I don't know about if it's lands because they just kill me on you know when they have the combo. So I, I had taken it out of my sideboard. I had seen it in every list I had seen before, and Sam's like, okay, good, I feel good about no price progs. I'm like, oh no, is this finally going to bite me in the top four of the Grand Prix? And like all these evil thoughts, like are people on the internet going to be like, oh my god, why doesn't he have price progress in his list? What a, what a noob. I, I feel like that nah. criticism can't be made to anybody who got that far without losing in a tournament. Like, it can't be that insane of a call. I don't know. I didn't. I didn't play against lands until then. Right, right. But that's that's totally defensible. Like I'm just trying to get through this tournament without playing against lands. Like that's a total, totally reasonable thing you could say on Facebook afterward when somebody's saying I don't like this list because there's no price of progress in it. Yeah, just scoreboard. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah. The, the easy response is uh, trophy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I already posted, like, so one of my friends was jabbing me about not, um, for scooping and not going for 18-0, and 0, and I just responded with a picture of me with a trophy. <laughs> <laughs> um, Excellent. Excellent. Yeah, I, I went back and watched watched it, and, like, Twitch chat was surprisingly gentle to me. I, I thought they were just going to be awful, like, oh, misplay, so, you know, play, play bad, get rewarded. You know, Twitch chat was was gentle <laughs> yeah they i i think they're harder on established players most of the time like when i like when i top baited an open and was on there and i went back and and saw the replays and watched twitch chat like yeah they i was like very nervous to see what chat was saying about <laughs> me so i i i think that we had a very similar experience there <laughs> So I guess we started going into the tournament a little bit, but any any other interesting stuff that happened during it? Any plays? Any sort of like the story of the tournament, but like how you were feeling as it went on? Any, anything like that? Yeah, you know, day day one went pretty smooth. Like uh, I I had been telling people it was pretty low stress. I didn't get like a lot of times in Legacy you get in these really like you know say like the Delver Mirror and you're just like all trying to brainstorm. Uh, maybe a better example is like the miracles matchup where you're all trying to brainstorm for um for gas but like you don't want to overextend it in a, into a terminus so it's like really stressful trying to like play sequence your cards right you know get get the right balance but i didn't really have any stressful game games on day one so i was lucky in that there were <laughs> there was actually a pretty hot play in round three i played against Vidi wajaya who who actually won the Grand Prix, the Legacy Grand Prix that I first had uh, undefeated day one at. This is Denver in 2013. I played him. He, he was on Sneak and Show, and I, I, he had a omniscience that I knew about. And I had, my draw was kind of weird. I had one land, one underground sea, one underground sea in hand, and three active death rights. Um, I think what had been happening in this game, I was uh, wastelanding all his... Um, two mana lands but he gets to a point where he has three cards in hand one of which is omniscience and then he plays show he plays show and tell and all i've got is a force and a land not a blue card so i'm like okay all right you finally all right you finally got me so i put my underground c in hand and he puts his omniscience in hand but what i wasn't expecting was for him to play gristlebrand after that so i look over at his uh graveyard and i'm like okay tap five force of will (laughs) right for those who haven't played Legacy, it's usually Emrakul that follows the Omniscience, so that the the Gristle brand is much much less horrifying if you've got the, the hard cast force in hand. That's sick. Yeah, and I and I needed to put put I, the show until put my fifth mana into play. Right. Um, That's amazing. So yeah. So now so now he's hell bent with an Omniscience, and I have three Deathrite Shamans. So you can guess who won that one. Pretty quick luck. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that was that was day one. There, there was actually another play against Ari Lax, where it's game three and he's on Turbo Depths, and he's on the uh, I don't remember what happened, but he kept like I think he kept like a no mana hand. He plays like Dark Depths and go, and I I have Wasteland. I'm thinking for a long time about like do I do this on my turn or do this on his turn, and I I come to the conclusion okay I think I do this now. I don't want him to play like a Bayou and then have crop rotation up. So I'm like okay 
this seems right. Wasteland you now. And, you know, like with this grin on his face, he uh, plays Elvish Spirit Guide and then Crop Rotations. Uh. And I'm like, what in the world, man? We, we, like, we, we knew each other already. So, like, we're, we're both laughing. But I was like, ah, come on, man. Yeah, that's, that's why the Lotus Petals come out before the crop before the elder spirit guides in a lot of matchups is a uh, part of part of the sideboarding plan that I've been through yeah we got <laughs> so so yeah that, that that was a pretty hot play day two day two is when things started getting stressful in round 12 I play at round 12 I'm 11 and 0 and I'm playing the mirror this is like I get my first game loss of the day there so I'm finally thinking all right we're regressing back to the mean and I think I'm gonna and we were in game three, and I think I'm going to steal it because he, um, because he, he won game one, I won game two, and he mulligans game three. So I'm like, all right, I think I've got this. My hand's pretty good. I have death right, some tokens, and two young pyromancers. All he has is a five five, so I can't really attack. Like he's not really dead yet, but I, I wanted a way to deal with Gurmag Angler. All I've got, all I have in hand is a brainstorm and a marsh casualties that doesn't do anything. And he draws after some draws he draws and plays his second black source and then he plays marsh casualties and i'm like oh jesus you know yeah all right this is the tournament and um i brainstorm and and there, there there's a there's a crowd forming around me a lot of my friends and i draw i see a detection from like all right that's step one and then i draw step two which is force of will <laughs> um and i'm like i shake my head because i'm like this just like i'm shaking my head like this shouldn't have happened you know i carefully like, i look at it for a while i carefully put back the correct two cards <laughs> you know i didn't want to be left with like just not force, force of will yeah. <laughs> and like i don't want to be looking at force and um marsh cash and like like that would have been the worst. So I, I put I brainstorm correctly. I force a will, and he's like, "Oh man!" And I'm up, I'm up four more tokens, and I, I'm I kill him in two more attacks. Like I, I, I had to hide my face after that one. I, I couldn't <laughs> believe it. Afterwards, he asked he asked me like, "That was the only force left in your deck, right? Like you don't leave in that many forces." And I'm thinking like, "Oh." Yeah, I guess I guess I take out a lot of my forces. I think that was the only one in my deck. It's <laughs> like, oh man. But 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 you had a blue card. But you had a blue card. Oh, I guess so. But, but you had a blue card already too, right? At, at least tell me that. I'm like, oh yeah, I guess I had to hit a one outer <laughs> and then top deck again. And he's like, just absolutely crestfallen. I'm like, man. Yeah, and and, and I walk back. I walk back to my friends like. Like my, my, my friend Robin, she claims that she she was like she had to walk away. She was in tears, like how swingy that was. So, so someone video blogging like caught me right after, and, and I was like, I was like, that was the brainstorm of my fucking life. Like <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, brain. I was I was nice. gonna ask yeah, nice. how many how many forces do you leave it in the mirror? Anyways, it can't be that many. So yeah, that's no uh, brainstorm is a hell of a card. Yeah. Well, let me tell you. <laughs> Like maybe 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 now now I believe all the people who are like ban brainstorm. <laughs> wow, that card does a lot. Brainstorm's just demonic tutor, anyways. So oh, in this fine. case, it was demonic. I mean, is there a card that tutors twice? Like that's what it was here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just turn my hand into exactly like, like this was like, this be. was factor uh, fiction. Thanks. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Gross, gross. 
So, yeah, and so then the top eight obviously went pretty smoothly as well. I, I saw your games against uh, Sam Black, and then you played played against uh, Sultai. It was Sultai in the finals, right? Sultai Control? Yeah, this is embarrassing. I just assumed he he was a Leo. I saw Leovold. I saw Jace's, like, watching him in the top eight. Uh, I was just a dummy and assumed, okay, check pile. And I'm thinking in my head, all right, let's make sure we... um. Sure, we get his red sources, so he can't call against command me. This is what I want to leave up spell people for. And it wasn't until we were sideboarding, and I was like, okay, I should double check. What do I waste here? Like, what is this mana base? And I didn't see Badlands. I was like, okay. I was like, okay. And I looked through the list, and I'm like, oh my god, he's not check pile. I'm so... (laughs) I can't believe it. (laughs) Like, like, I thought he was just an unusual... I thought he was just an unusual, like, a different check pile deck that had, like, True name nemesis in it. <laughs> oh man! Now, but to be fair, in Play that game sugar. one, you didn't have a lot of. I mean, he you you wasted Oof. him off of his colored source, and then he just never played another colored source for the rest of the game, right? So it's not like it really that, that, affected that, your your gameplay. That that game one was hot. that was a spicy draw. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> like I, I I was ready to grind it out. You know he he's a he's a pro he's a pro tour champion. He's a player of the year. You know he's gotten this far, so I'm like, all right, I'm I'm gonna settle in. But man, that like I was trying to get too excited about about a blow up, but that you know that match couldn't have started better than that. Yeah. So so that that final um, was against Jeremy Dazani for for yeah, those of you who uh, did not watch the top eight. Yeah. So that that first game on oh yeah was I I mean I'd say unfortunately for I guess viewers, but certainly fortunately for you that first game just wasteland got got there pretty hardcore uh i don't know people in attendance were pretty excited about that start but i guess i may i guess that's just home field advantage (laughs) so how how does it feel to to, i mean this is your hometown gp you just like came in and you protected your house like is that i I don't know if there's been like a community that was just a joke it was only supposed to be a joke like we must protect this house no we were just joking and hyping up for what was supposed to be a fun weekend right it was just a joke but that that joke became Um, less and less funny as day two went on i feel like i mean yeah (laughs) (laughs) it it was nuts i was just trying to you know as day two went on i was like you know i tried to you know not think about you know i didn't think about winning like winning the tournament still like really didn't cross my mind until like until like the finals i thought i mean i frankly i thought it was over at sam black i'm just that that's a deck i don't want to play against lands and not against not against him like he's he's really smart he's really good um (laughs) but but yeah as as day two went along it was like you know you know just try to think think about the next one everyone's like oh man keep it going you're so close like if i did think about you know the stakes or whatever i forgot i forgot i was lucky to be able to compartmentalize well once i sat down at the table so yeah i, I, w- I was fortunate that 12 and 0 was like you know that was emotional just because of like how swingy that was 13 and 0 that that game went pretty smooth i think i think game one of that it was the, it was the mirror and game one of that came like down to all right does he have lightning bolt or not i'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna bet on it and you know may, make this certain attack and um i won that and then after 13 and 0, it was like, man, like, Jesus Christ, I did it. I, like, <laughs> I'm gonna be in the top eight. I, I, I'm going back to the pro tour. I did it. Like, I did it. I did it in my hometown, and that was just absolutely nuts. Like, 
like people were congratulating me that like I had seen around tournaments, but like didn't I, that I didn't know, but they were just like, oh yeah, this is. I'm assuming they were just like, this is one of our guys. Oh man, keep it going. It was like it it got nuts at at 13 and 0. Yeah, that sounds like a really awesome experience. Yeah, the other part of it was like the wheels hadn't fallen off yet. Like normally in tournaments, you expect like you, you expect to get one loss or like you like I expect to blow up once. And it just hadn't happened yet, and it, it didn't happen on all weekend, which is which is crazy. It just kept on not happening. Yeah, like yeah, uh, yeah. if you know if, if I did if I did make mistakes, yeah, if I if I did make any mistakes, like I didn't get punished for them. So my opponents were like, I would win games, and they're like, Yeah, I messed up. And it's just it it was crazy. It's, it was just such a crazy run for that to not happen the other way the entire tournament. So so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, yeah, you get that, like, sorry, I just, I, I was just rereading Harry Potter uh, because I haven't started <laughs> t- teaching this semester yet. Uh, and so there's there's the, <laughs> the scene where uh, he takes the, like, good luck potion, the Felix Felicitas, and just, like, warmth floods through his body and he feels like nothing can go wrong. So I'm wondering if, like, that's kind of what it felt like going through day two or if, if you were, you know, kind of on the edge a little more. You know, honestly, after the brainstorm in round twelve, that's when I was like, "Okay, something, something, something special might happen." Like, <laughs> well, no, I think I just thought this is special. Like, like the like this is a legit like run of a lifetime. Yeah, sick. So what? Yeah. I may have a personal stake in this question a little bit, but uh, what? What advice would you give to somebody who's trying to start playing some legacy, who doesn't really know that much about the format and is trying to figure it out kind of for the first time? Besides like the financial barrier, I mean, yeah, like, I mean, let's just, there, there's no, let's just pretend that that can be worked through. <laughs> assume you can borrow any deck. Yeah. Um, I think like the best thing that, that could happen is you can get in with a, a good legacy crowd that's going to, that's going to discuss things with you. Like the legacy crowd in Seattle is so good about like after matches being friendly enough to like reveal your sideboard and talk about like, this is like, this is how I approach the matchup. This is, you know, these are the cards I'm afraid of because legacy is such a big format and the decks can get so intricate that you're not going to be able to figure it out. Just testing say like that the way you might normally for a PTQ where it's like, okay, here are the three best decks this how they sideboard okay we're done mm-hmm. um it it really feels like it, it's the closest format in magic to chess where there's so much to there's so much to learn and you're never going to stop like gotcha you're ne- there's never you're never going to run out of things that you could do better at or things that you could learn so there's that from like the strat like the big picture like metagame perspective and from and from a technical perspective, it's the same thing. There's so there's so much you can mess up, and you just have to, you know, you you just have to be really critical, like, at, like be conscious of every time, like uh, of all the mistakes you can make. Like, oh, I I messed up my brainstorm, or that brainstorm wasn't good, or you know, I I shuffled away a good card on ponder. Th- those are the, those are the kinds of mistakes that 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 you have to realize, and then you have to you know, do your best to be conscious of as you, um, as you keep playing the format. Yeah. Do you feel like 
you've gotten more out of like playing those you know weekly in-person tournaments than than just from like grinding many more games online or is it like a combination of the two or what's the what's the formula here that seems to work um it, it's a little bit of a combination and in in particular with legacy i mean i noticed in santa clara when there's a lot of like context breaks or context switching because of shuffling and there's a lot of um you know because you have to manipulate your cards and you know look through graveyards and stuff it's very easy to forget things that you're supposed to be tracking your head like what's on top of my deck from ponder Mm -hmm. or brainstorm Um, whereas online there there is no context like break it just happens or and you can even like on brainstorm you can even just write down okay this is on top of my deck sure um you shouldn't do that in so, real life so that <laughs> yeah if you, if you I, do that in real life you're I, gonna I, just get no, so honestly i thought about if there was like a code i could develop for like what's on top of my deck <laughs> like so maybe 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 something a little more discreet than like bs <laughs> like right after i ponder um no i i, I think it, I, it had to be a combination like legacy is not something you can figure out on your own on your own because so so many of the experts have been playing it for so long that it's just there's everything's not online you can, i don't think you can figure it out yourself and then also if say like if you're the kind of person who maybe like just plays both sides and is easily able to figure out okay my opponent should do this there's a lot of in legacy i feel like more so than other formats people play differently they, they play in all sorts of different ways they have different ways they take different lines and you can you sh- you have to be able to adapt to how they are playing. The simplest example I can think of is, oh, well, Days is bad on the draw. I'm expecting my opponents to take it out, but some people don't. So you have to be. So that's something you have to keep in mind that there's su- like maybe they're supposed to come out, maybe they're bad, but you still have to weigh. Okay, what are the odds he did leave it in, and how bad is it for me? Right, right. That's definitely something that I found is that Legacy is like a much more personal format than any of the other like competitive formats. So not only do people like have their decks, but they that like just as you said, like they have like styles with their decks. They have decisions that they make that other people might not make, but they've been working for them or or whatever. And so yeah, it's definitely like and I, I'm curious because I haven't played Paper Legacy ever, really. It's been many years since I've played Paper Legacy. So I'm curious to see. I feel like you're playing against a player in a very real way. Like, obviously, you're always playing against a player in other formats. But here it's a little more like I almost don't feel like, yep, just played against Grixis Delver. Like, I played against a certain type of person playing Grixis Delver who might have been doing things differently because there's just so many decisions. So I'm curious to see how that plays out in like a live tournament and how much like reading an opponent is going to make a difference. I don't know if it's reading opponents. I think it's just being able to adapt. Like, okay. Um, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe you can figure out like, okay, well, he's playing a certain way. I think, I think you just have to be, you just have to be ready for anything and be able to adjust. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that makes that makes a lot of sense. It's a huge format, and there's a bunch of people who have been playing the format for a lot longer than I have. So I I, I have to imagine that surprising things are going to happen almost constantly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Well, awesome. I think that was a, a, a lot of really, really solid advice for, um, for, for how legacy works. Yeah. And I am definitely reaching out to everywhere that I can to try to learn some of this format. Like one place that I've, I've found helpful information for people who don't have easy access to, you know, people to ask for advice. Um, MTG, the source is a solid, especially if you're starting with one particular deck, like the, the thread on that deck is going to have a lot of information that is pretty helpful. Um, but it definitely doesn't replace like hanging out with competent players and getting their specific input at pretty much every opportunity that you can. So I, I think that's fantastic. I, I, I was surprised by this. Maybe the, my friend Jordan Isaka, he he streams, but he also he he just messages his opponents on Magic Online, like, hey, um, like, how did you side, or like, how do, how do you think about this? And he says more often than not, they they respond and they're happy to talk about the format. To me, that feels like a, a legacy. That, that, that feels unique to legacy players where, you know, I, I guess there, there just aren't, there aren't as many as, you know, any other, as many players as other formats of them. So it feel like they get a little more tight knit and, you know, they're just a little more friendly. So yeah, maybe just, just ask your online opponents. Not everyone's a dick on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> I, that's, that is probably something that I would never have done, but that I'm, I'm, gonna have to try that like that sounds like a good it, thing to it try. shocked me <laughs> that um, right, yeah, that this yeah, just works. Absolutely. <laughs> so what so what from here obviously you're queued for a pt uh but like what what difference is this making so far what are you excited for in the future magic um, i'm really excited about the pro tour this is going to be my second one i'm excited i'm like i'm like reading dominari cards as they as they come out you know, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm like trying to get a head start on my like limited spreadsheet and like trying to rate these cards as they come out when I could just easily just wait for the whole thing to drop. No, I'm, I'm like that excited. Well, yeah. Speaking of, I think the whole thing did drop today. Oh boy. Well, um, yeah, it's not, not going to be two hours ago. We got the whole thing. Yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. Um, <laughs> excellent. So, so yeah, after the pro tour, this is exciting. After the pro tour, I will be at at least 11 pro points, which makes me bronze, which gives me RPTQ invites for, I guess, a year for like the next year, which one got me. That seems like something your wife might be. My wife about. is thrilled. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I don't have to go to all these PPTQs anymore. <laughs> I, 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 I don't, I don't get to, I mean, I unpopular opinion. I like playing in PPTQs. It's, you know, that was my thing to do on the weekend. Some, some people just play golf. I go play in magic tournaments. <laughs> um, so now, <laughs> so now I legit like need to, I mean, I don't have to find something else to do. I, I, I need to find another place to play magic tournaments, you know, that are competitive. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm qualified for RPTQs in particular. I'm qualified. This qualifies me just in time for the team RPTQ, which I was excited about. My teammate Robin Alberg was excited about, that we really wanted to qualify because we like playing together, and so nice. So yeah, we're we're gonna get to do that. Hopefully, hopefully we get her to the pro tour too. That'd be that that would be something. She she's been she's been one of my best and one of my one of my longest Magic friends. So and I'm she loves she loves Magic more than anyone. So it'd be great to to get her to the pro tour, dude. Yeah, that would be awesome. Good luck. I I mean that's that is a really cool result of the like team system that they have in place right now. Is like. Like, obviously, you're always 
excited to see your friends do well, but then if it leads to maybe getting to go with your friends to a tournament because one of you qualified, like that's sick. So I, I really hope that works out. I, I hope so too. No, no, ex- no, no expectations, you know, the, the best, the best way to approach magic tournaments, but you know, would be nice. Right, right, right. You can at least fantasize about this stuff. That's, that's allowed. Oh man. Like, I, I'm not going to lie. Like winning the hometown grand prix, that was fun to think about. That was something I thought about in the shower, but, it was just a joke. It wasn't supposed to happen. <laughs> well, too bad, man. You got there. Uh, yeah. Didn't get to play standard this weekend. Didn't get to see if my deck was good. What uh, What were you going to play? I, I had been playing Hadana's Climb. We actually had a group chat for it. Andy Wilson spearheaded it. He started 8-0. And then another member of our group, John Monk, got ninth with the deck. So... So we, 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 the group got close, you know, the, the work on the deck, you know, showed. So, so kudos to everyone in that chat for, for the work on the deck. Yeah, that's legit. Uh, any, any particular innovations that you guys put into it? Um, we found we early on, we were on one main deck Doomfall. Like I, I was skeptical. I played it. It was just great. Every time I had, I had one spell pierce, mostly just to get people like, like, <laughs> like, like to get like the white decks if they're on a four mana sweeper or on like refurbish. That was that replaced like a third uh, blossoming defense. Gotcha. Besides that, uh, I, I guess we had Life Crafters best bestiary too. We were just trying to slam dunk the like the blue black matchups. But besides that, I think I, think, uh, I was going to be on. A mostly standard standard deck, I guess. Sure. Well, too bad. Didn't didn't even get to shuffle it up. How it's funny how those things work out. What what what, what could have been? What what could have been? <laughs> yeah. So I think we've gotten through most of the stuff. I mean, if there's anything that you want to add or talk about that we haven't hit on, definitely uh, don't hesitate. Uh, I'm pretty good. I think. Okay. Then the only other thing that I wanted to do is ask if there's anything that you are particularly excited about from Dominaria, because we haven't really talked about it for the last episode in this episode. And I figure if we can spend a couple of minutes on it, that might at least uh, whet people's appetite a little bit. Hmm. Um, you know, I, I was mostly going card by card um, and then just trying to give a, a snap limited rating. I, I guess kind of the process I'm following for limited is rate all the, rate all the cards before the pre-release hopefully get the rest of my team's uh, opinions on it so we can talk pre-release happens and then we figure out okay what you know where were we wrong where are our biases so anyway that's how i've been looking at the spoiler so mostly you've been mostly looking at it for limited purposes right now right i mean the, the challenge for this pro tour is is going to be standard because i'm i'm not much of a deck builder i prefer formats like modern and legacy where i can just pick a deck that's like established as good and learn to play it okay so so deck building deck building is gonna be a challenge but this pro tour is so far far out that we like if it came down to it i could just net deck but the card what's the artifact that makes more mana the more that you have something power stone oh yeah the the three mana one that taps for mana equal to the number of that card that you have in play yeah that looks Uh, i'm trying to remember the name as well power stone shard like like, I wonder if that's going to go in, like, a control deck. Like, it looks to me like, it, it kind of reminds me of, like, Everflowing Chalice, and that was pretty good in, like, blue-white control decks back in Zendikar. That was the first thing I thought about. 
there's the mm-hmm. there's the artifact. What is it called? Mishra's not Mishra's replicator. The one that puts legendary things into play. Ooh, I think I haven't even seen that one yeah, yet. Yeah, it's like that it's like a four, it's like a four man artifact, and then you tap and it's like put a put a historic card from your hand into play. That okay. looks. I'm probably gonna look at that and see if um if something's broken there. Uh, that's uh, Thran Temporal Gateway. Yeah, that's, that's the card. Yeah, traditionally those kinds of things haven't really... I, I guess it's been a long time since we've had a card like this. Like, I'm thinking back to, like, Dragon Arch from, like, Apocalypse, and the, that's kind of tough. But this this one is pretty sweet, and there's a bunch of big old legends in this set. So I... Putting them into play with it, especially if they're like card advantage things. I yeah, can I get mean, that. Yeah, get I mean, you, you gotta look. I mean, how, how many months did it take for people to find... Uh, Aetherworks Marvel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair. Yeah, and and actually that uh, Power Stone Shard I think is really sweet too because like the second one is effectively free, which I think is a really big deal right? because it makes your first... If you have one in play, it makes the first one make an extra mana and then this one makes two. Uh, so as long as you're okay on colored mana. That's pretty sweet. I'm, I'm into yeah, that. Yeah, well. the only thing is like, like, is this worth your turn three at all? So... Right, right. You have to be okay with playing that as a ramp spell on turn turn three. But, you know, that's what our ramp spells cost nowadays, and this one might have more upside than the other ones we have available. I mean, I guess not anymore now that we have actual Llanowar Elves, so who knows? Oh, yeah. That, that. Well, you can play it on turn two with Llanowar Elves, if, that, if that's your plan. So yeah, you know. what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wouldn't that be weird if Llanowar Elves is the one that warps the format? I mean, I guess it wouldn't surprise me, but... <laughs> Yeah, I uh, I feel like we may be heading into a Lena Orels format. There's, there's a reasonable chance of that happening. <laughs> I'm excited. Well, cool. Yeah, I think next week we're going to start our full Dominaria set review. I think we may be splitting that up into two episodes. Uh, we haven't quite figured out exactly how we're going to do that yet. Um, but for those of you who are hungry for Dominaria, uh, hopefully we'll be able to uh, help you out then. Yep, yep. So yeah, I mean, I guess that's that's really it for for Daniel and for us today. Thanks, Daniel. Super appreciate you coming on. This has been really awesome and and pretty honestly pretty enlightening. So thank you so much. Thanks for having me. This really this, was, this was fun. This is this was not a part of winning grand prix that I was expecting. So this, this, <laughs> this, was, this nice. was a lot of fun. <laughs> Excellent. Good. I'm, I'm, I'm super glad. Where can people find you on the internet? Or if you don't uh, have people to find you, that's yeah, okay. Yeah, I guess the, the most public thing I have, I, I'm on Twitter. I'm at 4outthe40, all, all spelled out. That That's also me on Magic Online. That, that's also, oh yes, F-O-U-R. That's also me on Magic Online. So if, if you see me, you know, think about me before you say something mean uh, for or just or just don't say anything mean to anyone on magic online i mean i mean my my approach on magic online is don't say anything but um right right but especially don't say anything uh, mean i think (laughs) just just for for our listeners out there who may not the the guy the person on the other side of the screen is a real person this is not something you would do I, i would hope this isn't something you would do in a paper tournament so don't do it on magic online either I, I, I've been surprised, like, people have surprised me in paper where they've still been dicks, but, you know, just, just think about it. it it's a person. It, pretend it's a, you're at your game store and you're going to see them again. Yeah, every time I see something come up in chat, like, my first reaction is like, oh, God. 
and recently, especially since I've been playing Legacy, most of the chats have been like, like, haha, this game, like, because something weird and crazy is happening. And so that's totally fine. And I'm, I'm totally willing to chat with somebody about how weird this game has been. Uh, but yeah, man, mean people are like, I mean, I, I, I'm a pessimist if like, I have a nutso draw or like if I like just have it all and my opponent says in all caps LOL or just like if they say LOL I'm I'm such a pessimist I think they're like being salty. <laughs> oh yeah, no, that's that's totally a salty comment. But I've definitely gotten things uh from people like just the way that they'll say it is usually like not as salty. I don't know. I've been having like good luck lately and I hope I, that I would rather out. good luck with friendly opponents than good luck in like just draws. I like it when my opponents aren't mean to me yeah yeah like you get a bad taste in your mouth even after you win a match if like your opponent was real nasty but i've lost matches against cool opponents that i like see over the rest of the tournament and we check up on how the other person is doing and i much prefer those yeah man like like if if you win but someone's just just awful about it like it just doesn't make me want to play magic and that's you know that's toxic so yeah 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 so help other people want to play magic <laughs> is the is the takeaway i guess yeah guys it's the um, best game in the world let's let's make sure everyone wants to do it and keep doing it yeah that's nice <laughs> i agree so yeah everybody out there thank you so much for listening uh if you want to find us on the internet uh you can find me at at mtg underscore grindcast and you can also find collins at Collins Mullen. And you can find us on our website, mtggrindcast.com. And if you want to give us a little bit of support, you can always hit us up on our Patreon, patreon.com slash mtggrindcast. Thanks again to our patrons. Thanks everybody for listening. Thanks again to Daniel. And everybody have a great week. All right. All right.